Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Well, hello there, listeners of the Calvary Cast. It's been a long time since I've heard that wonderful music introducing us to this podcast. That's an awkward pause. You're supposed to give me a response. <laughs> got it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it has been a long time. Long huh? time. So welcome back to us. Our podcast has been in quarantine for three months. It's been three months since we recorded a podcast. Yeah, pretty much the summer. Pretty much the summer. Took right. a summer break, but we call it quarantine because it's 2020. Right. Yep. Everything's quarantined. So glad to be back. I'm glad to be back too. And I'm excited about what we're going to do now. Yeah, me too. With we're, most of these podcasts. Yeah, a lot of these podcasts were not a new format, but a more, uh, I'm not going to say consistent because we're not always very consistent with these, but maybe we can be more consistent because of what we're going to kind of default to. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we, uh, our default topic is going to be to do something pretty novel, uh, we're going to talk about the Bible. Right. We'll just take a passage of scripture uh, and make some general observations about it that maybe have been helpful to us and hopefully will be helpful to those who are listening. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Where are we starting today? Psalm 46. I asked that like I didn't know, but I did know. <laughs> not, not as though we're just jumping into this. We've but this is professional radio, though, is that we feed off of one another. Right. And so you, you ask me, and I know the answer, so I respond, and then it's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. But we should, before we jump into it, have a moment of awkward silence. I thought we already had that, but okay, we'll do it again. That was a natural awkward. <laughs> this is an unnet, a planned awkward. A planned awkward. Here it goes. Awkward pause. That was long enough. All right, good, good. Should we read our passage? Sure. You want to read it? Sure. So we're reading from Psalm 46 today. It says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So what are your uh, initial thoughts as we read that? Well, this is a really well-known psalm. It's a rich psalm. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was um, the psalm that Martin Luther used to base his song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, upon. Uh, It's really a reflection of the truth of this particular psalm. And that's even been called the Battle Hymn of the Reformation, which is interesting. But it is really designed to give God's people um, a reminder, no matter what is happening or what will happen, uh, that God is our God, that God is with us, God is in control. And, um, you know, that's something that 
we need to be reminded of all the time. And so it begins in in verse 1, of course, with a description of God as our refuge and strength and makes that statement that he's a very present help in trouble. Or it could be translated a well-proved help. But the idea, of course, is that no matter what is happening in our lives, our refuge, our strength, our fortress, our rock is our God. And um, what he does here in verses 2 and 3, I'm just going to draw out a couple things that can get us going here in our discussion about it. But in verses 2 and 3, he paints the picture of the worst case scenario, like this absolute cosmic disaster, Uh, the earth giving way, if you think about that, Uh, mountains moving into the heart of the sea, being picturing these massive earthquakes, the waters roaring and foaming, uh, the mountains tremble at its swelling. The idea just being like uh, the worst catastrophic event that we could imagine in our minds, uh, we can know that even in that, right, that God is with us. Mm. That's the kind of the, the thrust of the text. And um, he says in verse 2 that, expression of confidence that even if this happens, we will not fear, even though these things happen. Why won't we fear? Ultimately, because of who God is and who he is for us. Yeah, that's good. That's kind of an introduction to the main point, I think, of this psalm. Uh, And so let me hit the ball in your court. What are some things that stuck out to you about this psalm? Well, I, I think too, just that idea of God being a refuge, something that I've noticed, I've been I've been reading through the Psalms in my morning devotions, and that is a theme that comes out over and over and over and over again, is God is a refuge, God is a, a safe, a, a shelter, a safety for us, a hiding place. Um, and I think that that's a recurring theme because we tend to not run to the Lord for our refuge, right? We seek to find refuge in ourselves or in others, all these different things, so it's an important recurring theme. Um, one of the things that stood out to me about this psalm in regards to this is kind of the structure. This is a structure I hadn't noticed before, but it begins with it begins with, with a statement about God. So he's our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then it moves to a statement about the world or the situations around us, right? So the earth uh, giving way, the mountains being moved into the heart of the sea. So a fearful, frightening situation. And then it moves to another statement about God. And it talks about God being in the midst of this city, uh, the surety of him. And then it's another statement about the world. Well, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. And then it's another statement about, it's a closing statement about God. So all of these things, the psalmist is again reminding us, this is who God is. You may see these things happening in your world, but here is who God is. He is to be trusted. He's a refuge. He's a a stable force in the midst of a catastrophic world. And I think that's really important, even in the Christian experience. Is there ever a time when things are stable in our lives or stable in the world or stable in our nation? I think even now looking around uh, at what we are seeing in Mm -hmm. just uh, the last year, just how much what we look at and see as kind of chaotic in our world. And we don't quite know what's going to happen. And um the, the that pattern of reminder, you're looking out, you're seeing the chaos, but God is your right. refuge and strength. You're looking out and seeing the chaos, but God is with us. He's present with us. You're seeing this happening, but remember, 
uh, God is for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a something that 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 pattern we have to keep even going in our daily life. Yeah, we get up every morning. We look at the news feeds. We look at social media. We see everything going on, and uh, and we we wonder what's going to happen. Well, even if the worst case scenario happens, it doesn't change the fact of who God is and the fact that God is with us. Right. I think that that leads to probably one of the other things that really stood out to me, and it's that aspect of fear, right? Because the psalmist is talking about the whole theme is God is a refuge, and God is a refuge for fearful people because that's the the situation that he in verse two he says the normal the normal situation for for a person when they think about the earth giving away, the mountains being moved into the heart of the sea is fear. But he says, therefore, we will not fear, and he's already given the reason why because God is a refuge. So I was thinking about that. What just trying to answer these questions for myself and maybe as an encouragement to people because we all fear, right? And fear is uh, being afraid of something. Um, it is um, a, being frightened or terrified by things. And it, it can be a, a variety of number of things. Uh, we talk about, again, the situation in our world, the political climate, and all the things that are happening in across our country. Uh, COVID-19, uh, loss of job, poor health, all those different things can cause fear. Um, but those who found God to be this refuge that he talks about, a very present help in trouble, what do they do when they come across fears? And I think there's a couple of things that where we can respond wrongly to fear. One would be being paralyzed by it. Um, I think it's it's in Proverbs twenty two thirteen that talks about the sluggard says or the fool says there's a lion outside I won't go outside I'm afraid I'll 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 die he's paralyzed by an irrational fear that if he goes outside he's going to be eaten by a lion um, so sometimes these fears can paralyze us and keep us from doing what we should should be doing and that's a wrong response to the person who properly understands God as a refuge so we shouldn't be paralyzed by fear and then the other thing and and, and two. Not all fear is sinful fear, right? Because we have proper uh, fearful responses that keep us from hurting ourselves. Um, and, and it, you know, we respond in fear when somebody threatens our life and we run away or whatever it is. So those are proper. But we can also have sinful responses to fear uh, when we don't do what God wants us to do. So we fear the consequences or the, uh, the chastisement from man rather than fearing God rightly and obeying him. Um, so that's a sinful, sinful response to, to, to fear. Uh, if my fears lead me away from trusting God. So again, uh, that irrational fear that says, God, I, I, he can't be trusted. So I'm going to trust in something else. That's a sinful fear. Um, and then fear when it causes us to grasp for control of things we don't have control over. Right. So we look at a certain situation or whatever, and we're clinging and scraping for for control of of a certain situation because of our fear uh, rather than trusting in the Lord. So those are just some thoughts that I had regarding fear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I think about that fear, um, that fear, actually, when we lose sight of who God is and his con- his control over things and we start seeing things around us that we don't like or things in our life, it that fear can actually create sinful responses right. all the time yep. uh, to uh, we can become, we get into certain moods. Mm-hmm. We, we lose our peace. Mm-hmm. And once we've lost that peace and we're just dominated by anxiety, yep. um, that creates all sorts of kinds of things like irritability or anger, mm-hmm. um, 
wrong responses to people. I mean, and I'm saying those things because I know that experience even <laughs> in myself. And that really leads us to probably one of the most uh, uh, well-known verses in this psalm, which is verse 10, where the command is, be still and know that I am God. And that idea of quit striving against yeah. us, because all of these things really he has brought out here in this psalm are out of our control. Right. Uh, if, you know, the mountains move into the heart of the sea, there ain't nothing we're going to do about that. Right. right? Or uh, many of the other things that are happening in the nations and they're raging in the wars and the um, uh, all, all that kind of thing that he's picturing here. Those those are things that are out of our control. And uh, what God wants us, or yeah, well, God wants us to do is to remember that He is in control. To be still, know that He is God. That implies that we are not, mm-hmm. right? And that He is the one who's going to be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth, and that really points to uh, God's sovereignty and His providence over all things. Right. That no matter what is happening around us, we have to understand that our God is controlling that. And he's doing it for a specific purpose. And we always say this, it's for his glory. He's going to be exalted among the nations and in the earth. And it's for our eternal spiritual good. You know, and sometimes even think about this, uh, sinful fear is concerned more about our exaltation and our glory, right? Like I can become fearful because I, uh, again, that loss of control or um, I'm not going to get what I think I, uh, the glory and praise that I should. And so the command here, you're not God, uh, be still, know that I will be exalted. Uh, you don't need to fear. You can rest in me, uh, and don't worry about your own exaltation. That's right. And remember, as he summarizes what the Israelites needed to know, what we need to know. Yeah. The Lord of hosts is with us. Uh, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Right. And um, in the New Testament, this becomes even clearer as we see uh, t- really awesome texts like Romans 8 that talk about the fact that God is for us, and yeah. if God is for us, who can be against mm-hmm. us? Um, and so throughout the Bible, Psalm 46 included, but all throughout the Bible, the people of God are not to fear, and ultimately, we are to be trusting in our God yeah. and who he is and who he is for us. Um, one thing that might be helpful, like sometimes when we read the Psalms, there's verses that are confusing to us. And so verse 4 and 5 might be that, where it says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. How are we to understand that? Uh what is the psalmist talking about there? Yeah, I think about it, when we when we read about the holy city, uh, the city of God. Of course, that was Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. What that was is uh, a symbolic. Uh, when they thought about the city of God, they thought about His presence. It's the habitation of the Most High. Right. What was there? The temple. Right. Well, that has meaning to us in this way. The point of it has meaning to the the New Testament church is that God is with us right. all the time. As right. Matter of fact, the church is the temple of God. The, the dwelling place of God by the Spirit, the Apostle Paul says. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just another way of reminding God's people of his continual promise presence right. with us. Yeah, and I, I think, too, that phrase, God will help her when morning dawns, 
the picture there is the dailiness. Morning dawns every day. So on a daily reminder, we have God is always helping us. He is always with us. Um, and I think that too, like for just as a, if you for as an encouragement to people, as you're coming across difficult passages or verses that don't fully you don't fully understand, there's usually something in there that you can grab, and uh, you could think about in verse five when it says, "God is in the midst of her; she shall not be moved." Uh, our God is a steadfast God, and we can be reminded of that, uh, and where His those who who dwell in His presence. We are are secure in Him. Yeah, the people of God are secure. Yeah, and and um, that doesn't mean we're not we might not die from right. what's going <laughs> on in the world. It doesn't mean that we won't experience that, but that God will not allow His people to be lost. Right, and eternally speaking, right, uh, we are in His safe keeping. Yeah, right. No matter what happens. And in addition to that, I think that's a good way to look at verse 5, that morning dawning. Uh, and, and in addition to that, I've thought of um, when people are going through really hard times, it's a dark time. We yeah. always describe uh, certain parts of our life like that was mm-hmm. a real dark time mm-hmm. in my life. And by that, we mean um, we had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death from one from one degree or another. And the idea is that as we... One of the prophets talks about this. As we sit in darkness, we know that God is with us, mm-hmm. and we know that his help is on the way, and we know that there's a dawn coming, yeah. you know, and that we're going to wait for God to uh, come through for us, yeah. so to speak. It's that clinging to hope. And, um, and so I think both of those elements, his faithfulness to do that just on a daily basis— and his faithfulness to do that when we walk through those really dark seasons mm-hmm. in our life to know that he's going to help us. Yeah, I, I think isn't part of the point of this psalm as well. It's not to to tell the, to invoke the idea that the Christian never fears or that doesn't walk through dark times. I was reading uh, Calvin before on this, and he said this. He said uh, that phrase, we will not fear, in verse 2, is not to be understood as meaning that the minds of the godly are exempt from all solicitude or fear, as if they were destitute of feeling. For there's a great difference between insensibility and the confidence of faith. He only shows that whatever may happen, they are never overwhelmed with terror, but rather gather strength and courage sufficient to allay all fear. So the point he's saying is, it's not that we don't walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not that we don't fear, but yet for the Christian to be overcome by fear, to flee from the refuge of God, is foolishness. Rather, we have a steadfast confidence in our steadfast God, and therefore that that does uh, support us even in the midst of that. Right. And what do people do in, in troubling times? The, the idea of a, refri- a refuge is you run to it. Yeah. And I think if we picture God as our refuge, our protection— uh, what we should be doing by faith through prayer mm-hmm. uh, constantly is running to him for refuge yeah. and um, and even address him as such. Yeah. This was most likely some kind of musical psalm right. that was to be sung and um, to be constantly reminded, run to the Lord in your times of fear and distress. Yeah. So maybe just as a way to close, um, an encouragement in that regards to run to the Lord. What would be, and you kind of touched on a little bit, but what would be some practical ways in times of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and times of fear, people could practically run to the Lord as their refuge? I think spending time in a text like this. Okay. As a matter of fact, yesterday I 
just texted some people just telling them I was praying for them and um and instead in there Psalm forty six would be a good psalm for you to spend some time in yeah. right now. You know, yeah. or others like it yeah. that assure you of God's presence. Mm-hmm. Those promises that assure you of his presence, they assure you of the gospel and what Christ has done for you. They 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 assure you of a of a time coming when you'll be rescued ultimately from this. And um, if you, I think if we just spend time meditating on those uh, truths, it will help us. Matter of fact, the end of verse three has that term that scholars aren't a hundred percent sure what selah means, but they think it has to do with the idea of pause and and some, reflect, and reflect on yeah. this. something to that idea. Like I've just said something now, just sit and let this stew a little yeah. bit in your mind before you go any yeah. further. And I think that's the idea. I yeah. think the, to run to the Lord is to run to his word. Let him speak to you. Yeah. Pray it back to him. Yep. Tell him exactly how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and ask him to be for you who he promises to be yeah. for you, the, the one who's going to help you yeah. and deliver you. Yeah, I think like memorizing it, committing a, a psalm like this to memory, and like you're talking about praying it, uh, I wouldn't like take a, take a psalm like this and 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 pray uh, like change the language to make it appropriate, like to you. But you you can pray something to the effect of like, Lord, you've told us that you're our refuge and strength. Right now, I'm very fearful, yeah. and I I fear these situations around me. Remind me again that you're refuge and strength, and you can be trusted. And that's why I think a very helpful way to meditate on it. And as Martin Luther was going through a very hard time, yeah, a very dark time, feeling like he was standing against the world. Mm-hmm in his uh, stand, um, this was the psalm that helped him, yeah. and he wrote a song on it. Yeah. So it's like uh, that idea of running to God into his word and prayer, I think, is what we do. I think the uh, I, I can think of two other things I would encourage people to. One would be in regards to song, like listen to good music. Uh, you can probably find uh, a, ver- a musical setting of this psalm, and that will help you memorize it. And then just listen to other like really good music that would be an encouragement to you if you're fearful and you need to be reminded who God is, uh, do that. And then the third thing would be people. Be around other Christians. Uh, I think that irrational fears can grow when we isolate ourselves from the community of faith. Well, we hope this conversation's been helpful. Uh, We're going to try and continue to do this on on a weekly basis. If you ever have questions about what we've what we've said uh, or you want us to discuss specific topics, let us know. You can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com or give us a call or just come up and talk to us. Well, until next time.